Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Ethan Carter. What's going on, Vincent? Happy Monday. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? It's not Monday. It's not Monday. Yeah, so um, it's Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. Saturday, the, was it, the 15th today? And we're recording a couple of days early, and you'll understand why in a bit. But um, yeah, I've interrupted my shop time today to finish my Enlighten Us Challenge project um, because we actually have a very cool guest, which we will get to in a moment. Um, he's actually our first international guest, Ethan. Is that right? Yeah, that's that. yeah. true, right. First international guest today. So we had to record it a weird time, which works out because Monday night's not as convenient for me this week. So Perfect. it's not Monday, it's Saturday. We're really going to confuse people. Today. I know, right? <laughs> Especially when I do my, you know, my, my uh, you know, podcast promotions on Monday night for Wednesday when we recorded on a Saturday. <laughs> Try to figure that one out. Well, heads heads are just going <laughs> to explode. But um, yeah, so as you're listening to this, it's now Wednesday the 19th, which means that the Enlighten Us Challenge is now over. It's over. It's over. I can't and that it. means if you didn't get it in on Monday, guys, then there's not much we can do for you. Um, it, I, we really, we got more entries in, I mean, it's Saturday and I saw a couple of entries today. I saw people working feverishly to get theirs done, which is really cool. And just so you're aware, if you've done an entry already, um, since we're not going to do the reveal for another week and a half or so, if you're, if you've already done an entry and you haven't emailed it to us, I'm not going to be a stickler for that. That doesn't count. Right. However, we might miss it. And, And that's a legitimate concern. So if you haven't emailed it to us, please email it to podcast at becausewemake.com so that we have it on the record. Because like I said, we'll go and we'll try to find them on various social media. I've seen a couple on Instagram that didn't email. I've seen a couple on YouTube that didn't email. We know about them. I don't mind that so much, but I'm just warning you, if we miss it, we're not going to go back because we missed it. If you didn't email us, I'm, I'm I, we can't. You know, just, that's a good reminder, Vince. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put do a story or two um, today, tomorrow, and Monday just to to, yeah, to just, reiterate that. So that's a good reminder. I, and honestly, I'm not saying if we don't get your email. Before, I understand if your social media is done on the 17th and you email us on the 18th. I understand. But if you email us on the 18th and it's done on the 18th, well, then you're SOL. <laughs> Sorry, we're not that charitable on this show. We're, we're giving you prizes. You can put in a little effort, too. But enough of, enough, enough blather. Let's uh, get right to our guest because this is a guest that we've talked about. Or at least I, I Actually, this guest was my <laughs> – I love calling a guest the thing of the week. But this guest <laughs> was actually my thing of the week one week. Um, he's one of those guys that I feel like – we always talk about people who get it in this space, mm-hmm. and I feel like um, our guest is one of those people who get it. Um, and even though he's got a wacky name, he's one of the good guys. Um, we have the one and only Garage Avenger, Justin White. Hey, buddy. Hey, guys. How's Welcome, it going? Justin. Good. We just spent, for those of you that are listening to this on our regular drop date, we just spent an hour and a half talking to Justin on his podcast. And it was, <laughs> so, and it was awesome. It was it's a, a good thing we're not trying to do this because I'd be asleep by now if we oh had just done that. So. Ah, forget about it. Yeah. It would just be... We did that once. Ethan we did. And I, we did. We, we did do a, um, a double recording because we were both going to be away the following week. And it was like, oh man, I was wiped the next mm-hmm. day. But yeah. I am... Pull a piss and vinegar, ready to go. So, Justin, welcome to the show, man. We've talked about you so much. It's so nice to finally have you here. I know. It's been a plethora of Justins on your show. 
know. <laughs> it's like you didn't. I didn't realize how many Justins we knew. Um, we've had Effler, maybe, and now White. So I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we can just have no more Justins now. We can have a moratorium on Justins on the podcast. <laughs> so for those of those of our listeners that aren't familiar, Justin, why don't you tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do and your podcast and all the stuff that you're about? Uh, this is a, like the first chance I ever got to actually tell people about me. Cause no yeah, that's, it's got to be weird, right? Oh, uh, it's super weird. Uh, <laughs> it's weird when the host by the way it's weird when you're a host and you get asked questions because it's like oh right yeah this is someone else's show cool <laughs> yeah where do i start look you know my name's justin and you know otherwise known as the garage avenger uh i started my kind of making like a long time back like when i was sort of teenager but you know, lost my way a little bit. I joined the military and was eight years in submarines and uh, served as a mechanic on a submarine for a while and then did a whole heap of jobs and was always like kind of super miserable, you know, about where I was at at life. And I couldn't work out what was missing. And then, um, you know, I, I did this course uh, by Simon Sinek. He's um, quite well known in the field, you know, of like... Um, work enjoyment or whatever you want to call it and you know i did his course and then realized oh shit i'm missing creativity that's what i'm missing mm. and so yeah i just started this garage avenger thing and i started i made these beautiful um soapbox cars and things like that in the beginning and then i started and about when was that when when did you Ooh. start garage avengers that I actually I built the cars before that, so that was like uh, that would have been two thousand and fourteen or something. Oh wow! Okay. Or, yeah, um, yeah, because I built I built the car for my daughter, and it was her first birthday when she actually got to sit in it. So yeah, that that would have been two thousand fourteen, and um, yeah, and then people would say like people would look at the car and they'd be like, wow like that's amazing and i was like is it you know like you know is it really and and like because i was kind of like i never get impressed by my own work i get a lot of satisfaction sometimes i step back and i go oh yeah that's the stuff but um yeah so i just i started working a little bit more into it and then you know i decided that i was going to go focus on this a little bit more so i started working three days a week and uh, then focusing on the garage stuff and that sort of stuff on the two days off I had. And yeah, so I've been producing a little couple of videos and then stupidly started a podcast. And so I don't produce as much stuff in the garage anymore. Uh, that's why it's taken me a long time to build this one really, really big project that I've been working on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so... Uh, what else do I say? I mean, I, f I feel like I'm like a creative at heart and, you know, I have a mission to uh, ignite creativity and make ideas reality. And that's kind of what I try to do with everything I uh, do is, you know, whether it be stuff in the garage, I want to, in to ignite creativity in others so that they can make their ideas reality. The same in my podcast, you know, I, I want to inspire and ignite the creativity in others so that by hearing other people's stories 
and so that they can also make their ideas reality. So that's pretty much what I'm all about. You, one of the things that attracted me to your podcast is that I feel like you and I, well, you and I, and I say I, I mean you and us, this podcast, we're kind of cut from similar cloth in that most of the maker-related podcasts that we see out there, and this is a continuing theme for our show, we've talked, we even talked about it extensively on the show where we talked about reviews and where we just last week talked to Justin, maybe, we like to talk to the people in the quote movement more than we like to talk about what they're doing in the movement because you know you can see the product of their work anytime you can go to youtube or you can go to instagram or you can go to twitter and you can see the photos or the videos the project videos whatever but it it feels like there's a major gap in our movement where the projects are front and center but the people take a background and one of the things i like about your podcast is you're bringing people to the foreground again in in kind of a non-projecty kind of way and i was wondering where did, did you have specific inspiration when you started that or was it just did you see a need and said i need to kind of fill that need a little bit i'm gonna let you guys into a secret which i haven't even shared on my own podcast <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> i like it so i mean i always kind of i went to makers central um which is you know based in birmingham in the uk it's a big makers event and it's awesome. And, you know, I, I, before that, I never really called myself a maker, but I was always creative. And so I had, I went there in 2018, no, 19, yeah, 18, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Blend together after yeah, a while. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so I mentioned that I like, are there any like maker podcasts? Cause I had no idea. Right. And then, you know, I got given this huge list of maker podcasts. I was like, huh, crap. All right. So I started listening to quite a lot of them. And, you know, I listened to one. It was fairly new, but small. And, you know, I got mentioned in the podcast. And I was like, huh, that was really nice. And they were like, oh, we'd love to have him on as a guest. And, you know, and I was like, oh, I'd be super flattered. Like, so I sent a, sent the guy, one of the guys a message. And I was like, hey, you know, I, heard you mention me on the podcast you know i'll be you know it would be great to be on the podcast you know i'd be honored and he's like yep we're gonna get you on like i'm gonna talk to the guys and then long story short a lot of time went past and just months and months and i you know touched base with him and like, yep we'll get you on and yep yep and then it just i think it was about four months in and i was just like screw it i'll just do it myself <laughs> <I love laughs> why that. not right that's awesome yeah, so I the way I thought about it was like I'm this little guy with doing what I love to do and I'd love to share that with the community and and there's probably a lot of other people in my same boat, right? I mean 100%. I was like right. if if I can't be alone in that and there has to be a whole heap of people just like me that want a platform to be heard. So I decided to make that platform that's, awesome. it's, that's what I love about that's what I love about our mindset. Like our and ours, I mean ours, people that are makers and people that are doers, as you called it on your podcast, which I love this term and I'm gonna start using it. Executors. You know, you saw a vacuum and you created what was gonna fill that vacuum. And it's just it's awesome. Like I you know what? I want a podcast too. I'm gonna just start a podcast. That's actually how Because We Make got started. There was no plan to do a podcast. I, I had the idea on Wednesday and did the first recording on Thursday. Had I had that idea, 
had you told me on Monday I would be doing a podcast by the end of the week, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. Isn't, I'm not doing a <laughs> podcast. Like, no, it's not happening. But I feel like when you said before that, you know, people like us were executors, you know, jump in and then figure it out. I do feel like that's something that lends itself to trying crazy things and right. experimenting in crazy ways, whereas some people would be a little bit timid. So well, I wouldn't and- call I love that you're not timid about it. <laughs> and we, and we, what did I have I, to lose? Like I had nothing to lose, right? Except for not starting. I mean, and we. And I've told the story before. I've told it. Told it again on, on your podcast. But I mean, I, I I do consider myself for a lot of things an executor, uh, especially when it comes to new you know new challenges and new techniques and new materials. Um, but when I wasn't was with YouTube, and I've said this. I've told this story many times. But uh, I I overthought it. I. And it, I published my first video a year after I said, I want to start making YouTube channels and YouTube videos. And it's, it's solely because I was overthinking it. And you know what? My first video wasn't that wasn't, it was probably maybe 5% at most better than it would have been if I had done it the, you know, a year earlier. So it, it wasn't worth all that thought or that whatever. And I would have had a whole year of videos under my belt had I started, if I had just executed, as we say. Mm. It is, it is funny. It is funny when you think about, if you just go back and how many times have you ever had the thought, I wish I'd done that a little sooner. Right. You know, like my dad, I was, my dad was a carpenter and a woodworker and a very good one, but he died in 2013. And I didn't start woodworking until four years after he was gone. And I always have this thought and it always bugs me. It's like, man, I really wish that like, cause my weekends are pretty much spent all in the shop. I really wish that I could have my dad back just for a little while so he can see what my shop is like and I could work in my shop with my dad. And instead of me just following him around, he could, we could work side by side, you know, as just a couple of woodworkers just doing some shop stuff, you know? Right. And that's because I didn't execute, right? I was tangentially interested in woodwork, but I never asked my dad, hey, could you show me how to do this? It was always, oh, I, I, I need you know, I need something. Can you make it for me? Like the desk that I'm doing this podcast from right now, my dad made this desk, right? I look at it now and I'm like, I could do this. Like there's, when he made this, this was impossible for me to imagine making. And I'm looking at it now going, yeah, I could totally make this desk now. And it would just be so cool to be able to, you know, go back in time if I could and just work with my dad, you know? I'm not trying to make it all heavy and stuff, but no, I feel it, like that that's the upside of being an executor, right? You don't have those regrets. You don't say I should have done something and I didn't. You you did it. Even if it didn't work, right. you didn't you didn't wait. You're not waiting for the perfect moment to kick it off. Well, and I think back to what you said earlier Justin about, you know, before you kind of discovered this, you know, this creativity and stuff like that, you you weren't as happy and and again, just jump in, try things. And, and, you know, maybe you would have found it sooner, maybe not, but, but, you know, I think again, we just sit, uh, we sit there and we, uh, if you're, if you're unhappy, then change something. Right. And, um, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's just, it resonated with me because I think I've done that in, in the past too. It's, you know, I haven't been happy, um, but I keep doing the same thing. Right. And ex- expecting different results. Right. Yeah. I had, I had bought myself into the lie. Like right. I, you know, being on in the military, you you kind of play the game, you know, you you try to fit in, and I'd bought myself into this, like this is my career, this is what I'm, who I am, and what I'm all about. But I was lying to myself the whole time, and you know, didn't realize it was the lying to myself 
that was making me unhappy, you know, trying to pretend that I was someone I was not. And, you know, the, the fact is, you know, I was a super creative person. I've always have been, um, you know, and they often say, if you look back to your mid teenage years and look at what you really love to do in those years, that's your passion for life. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. And I'd already, I, I can see it right now. I was in my garage building. I was, I was really into low rider bicycles, like for some reason, like, and I was, I built mine from scratch. I built the frame, I built the wheels, I, you know, I did everything and I loved it. I would wheel it in from school on a Friday afternoon and then come with a plan to like do something on it and then ride it to school on the Monday thinking I was cool or something, <laughs> and, you know? <laughs> And then I love, you know, I love that. I love yeah. that story, by the way. That that's that tinkering spirit, right? That's that's something that kind of defines as, you as a person pretty much forever. You know, I was it's the same for me. I was the guy that I used to get in trouble because I would take everything apart. Like <laughs> everything in the house was sitting in pieces. And even though I don't really do that so much now, you're right. That's a that's a really interesting observation that your teenage years kind of set the tone for who you are as a person. And I never thought of it that way. Well, they often say it's because at, in the mid-teens, before you get into your late teens, you don't care what other people think and you ah. just love what you love, you know, whether you're into like weird sci-fi stuff or baseball cards or whatever it is, you know, like you live and breathe it because you don't care, you know. And, That's really interesting. And your, your peers in your later teenage years start having influence on you, your parents too, they, they start talking about like, what are you going to do when you grow up, you know, and that sort of stuff. And then school too puts pressure on you to be a certain type of person. Oh, you should go to college. You should do this, do that. And, you know, so in your late teenage years, you tend to lose that because of outside influence. It's funny because I mean, so I, uh, in high school, I signed up for uh, photography because I wanted to do it. And, and, you know, there's a window, a small window, just like in college where you could switch from the creative classes, you could switch after the first week or so if you wanted. And I switched to eh, surprisingly enough, but it's very different than obviously video editing now, but video editing because of a girl, of course. But, um, and, but I, <laughs> but then when I got to like in college, I had the passion again to, to for photography and that became my life for a couple of years. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because you're right. There's a period of time where I think you're super influenced by everyone else around you. And, it, and it, it's, it's too bad because it, it discourages your own passions and, and paths that you might have found otherwise. So I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here going, well, what was I interested in in my teen years? Right. And I'm thinking of thinking through things. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. And even woodworking, I just finished, you know, I was, we were talking on your podcast, Justin, that, you know, I didn't start woodworking until 2017, four years after my dad was gone. Right. And I'm starting to think about it. And I'm like, yeah, but in my teenage years, I was into making jewelry and I'm doing that now. hundred percent. So but, it's um, crazy that you're hundred percent right. Uh, yeah. I never, I've never thought about it that way, but that's a, <laughs> it's a really interesting and, and probably, you know, and probably girls as well, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, well, I told the story. The reason I took jewelry right. was so I could meet girls. I I figured it would be a great way to meet girls. And it ended up not being a great way to meet girls because everyone in the class was there to meet girls, but there were no actual girls in the class. So <laughs> The one passion that we all share, chasing girls. Yeah. The good old days. <laughs> the good old days when we were young and foolish. <laughs> What were you, um, so you were into, you were into bikes and you were into tinkering and that's, 
I'm pretty impressed because I know that I was into bikes too, and I'm not as into them now. I just, they're just a thing, right? I'm not into bikes. I like bikes, but were you like the kind of guy that would like, how far into it would you go in customizing? Like, were you cutting your frame and welding it? Were you just taking things apart? Were you trying to gear it to go faster? Like what kind of stuff were you doing with it? I don't know if you're familiar what a low rider bike is, but Oh, I, I, I definitely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I definitely know what a low rider yeah, looks like. Yeah. So it was like all bling. Like it was oh like, I, I had originally like this yellow dragster frame. Right. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I decided like it wasn't bling enough being yellow. So what did I do? <laughs> I like stripped it all down, took all my parts that I had built myself on the bus drove like an hour to a place in Sydney where I could like get it chrome plated, delivered it there to get it chrome plated and then caught the hour bus back just so I could get things chrome plated and like make it look all bling. Wow. That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Oh man. So your parents gave you, I mean, I, I'm just saying my parents never would have let me take a one hour bus ride as a teenager, but so your parents gave you a lot of freedom as a kid too, to explore your wackiness a little bit. Mm, I think, you know, at that stage, my dad was not around and my mother was working all the time. So I just, uh, you know, I just had the time a week. We had no tools, like mm-hmm. literally no tools. I don't know how I built what I built with what I had, but I think that's that was probably half the enjoyment was the fact that you had to find like solutions. Like I often talk about creativity being you're a problem solver, like you solve Mm -hmm. problems. And that's why I think a lot of the time in businesses these days, when people say they're creative, they don't, they don't, they hear artist and they hear that sort of thing. But you know, you realistically want creative people in your business because they're really good at solving problems. Right. And working within one of the things that people in our community always talk about is um, artificial limitations or what really bring out your creativity. I think they tangentially understand that your your creativity comes from your ability to solve strange problems, even if they're in unconventional ways. And saying, you know, make build a house with only hand tools. Like, wow, okay, that's going to take some creative problem solving to get that done, but you'll get it done, right? It's kind of the same thing with, with working with a limited set of tools. It's like, well, I was talking about my dad with his table saw and he didn't have a table saw. So he took a folding table, cut a groove in it and bolted his, ta- his circular saw to the bottom of it. That's a pretty damn creative solution when you don't have a table saw. Right. And people, I, I think you're right. When people hear the word creative, they think of someone who's painting or someone who's drawing. They don't realize that creativity comes in a whole lot of different forms now. It, it it can be anything. That's I think that's what people don't understand is creativities it can encompass so many different things. Um, and sh- and so I, I always hate when pe- someone says I'm not creative because they're wrong. They're creative so you, in a different way. So you are you're this creative guy who's making blingy lowrider bikes <laughs> and in, in Australia. <laughs> and then somehow or another, you end up on submarines. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm, when you tell me when you tell me the archetype of a person who would end up on a submarine, I don't see it as a person who's making low rider blingy low rider bikes and taking two hours worth of bus rides to get one part chrome. So how in God's name did that happen? Uh, you know what? I think it's to do with your, your programming. So, you know, like I my first job after leaving school, like I think I left school. Uh, was it like? 
two days after my last exam. I didn't even like blink. I just, you know, again, talking about being an executor, I was just like, see ya, I'm, <laughs> I'm off, see ya. And, and that was, I was to make a guitar uh, in a guitar factory. Like I got a job in Melbourne, you know, a thousand kilometers away, um, you know, as, a, as an 18 year old kid, you know, working, building guitars. And, you know, I was down there and, um, you know, I, I couldn't be creative there. It was a factory, you know, we just, I was producing 45 guitars a week, you know, like, you know, it was pretty full on. And then, you know, that, that led me to like, understand, okay, well, you know, what am I really doing here? Plus the money was crap. Right. And then I went into my mother's programming, you know, and my mother's programming is like, keep it safe, you know, do the safe thing, you know, take the safe route. And, you know, I happened to be on a bus and, you know, I, in, in Australia, like having a, a trade as they call it, like a, an apprenticeship is kind of a safe thing. And I was never a university person. So I was like, all right, well, I saw an ad for, you know, join the military and get a, get an apprenticeship. And so I was like, all right, I'll do that. And so I just applied and got in there and then, hey, presto, eight years later, I came out going, what the hell did I do that for? That was like, <laughs> like what were you thinking, you idiot? So, but it, I mean, it took a long time for me to realize that. Like, it wasn't until probably the last year, like, of the, my military career where I really thought something was wrong here, you know? Wow. Because I'd, I'd sold myself the lie the whole time. Right. Um, you know, and then... Then it, it was a process. Like I decided to move to Norway of all places, but you know, of course, my wife is Norwegian, so this it's not of all places. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, like I decided, I'm out. Uh, you know, of the military. What am I going to do? Uh, let's just move to Norway, start over again. And so I did that. You know, but I kept in the same job line. You know, like I was working in the shipping industry, and then I worked in oil and gas industry. The whole time I was just like, why am I still miserable? Like, why? I don't understand this. And, you know, realizing that it was the fact that I was not being creative. An interesting thing about the course was I realized, so I'm going to break it down a little bit. The Simon Sinek course, you basically look at the three most like devastatingly like lowest points in your life and the three best highest points in your life in your personal life your childhood and your work life hmm. and wow. and then you look at this you analyze them and you look at your the similarities that you have in all those stories and it became very very clear that every time i was had the freedom to be creative and allowed to like get my hands on something and build something that was in my head and into reality, I was the happiest I've ever been. And every time I was trapped, like on a submarine, um, yeah. <laughs> like probably very literally, yeah, yeah. for example, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, stuck, you know, uh, unable to be creative. There was no flexibility, you know, that sort of thing, which is exactly what the military is like. You know, I was miserable. Um, and so it became very, very clear to me that creativity is the path I need to take. And so one great thing from that course is you have like a, what they call a why statement from it, you know, and my why statement was, like I mentioned before, 
is to ignite creativity in others so that they can make their ideas reality. And so I use that as like a, a measurement from every decision I make. So like if a new job opportunity comes up, I'll put that as like a, a template over it. And I'm like, if it doesn't fit, then I'm not going to apply for that job. So interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting that whole idea of being trapped too because this is to know, it just sparked something and made me realize why I do some things. So like vacations, I've talked about this before. Vacations are always such a uh, mixed bag for me because I, I like vacation. I like going places. I like experiencing things. But I also like, it. 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 it's the whole thing. I think, you know, Bob Claggett talks about hating to sit on the beach. It, it's it's this like I had this anxiety about not being able to do what I you know have any creativity and I know that sounds probably super silly to a lot of people um, but it, it's true and that, and so what I've started doing is I, I figure out some kind of project I can bring on the road with me and just being able to do create a little bit uh, while I'm on vacation makes me enjoy the vacation so much more and I know that sounds super ridiculous but it, it's it it just resonates because I can see being stuck on a submarine not being able to be creative or make something is just driving you insane, you know, just driving you nuts. So I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm just fascinated by people who do end up realizing that right. the path they're taking is not the path that they really need to be on because that's a, that's a painful realization. I mean, no matter how you look at it, that's a painful realization because first of all, not everyone has the courage to make that realization. Let's yeah. just, say it from the beginning, right? Most people realize it and then still concede their life to whatever it is they're doing. And I'm going to just tell you, I'll relate to you how guilty I was of it. I was working in the same job for 20 years for the same company. And the best thing that ever happened was they let me go because the company was basically falling apart. They let me go. And when they let me go, it opened up a job opportunity that I currently have and I don't know how much longer I'm going to be at this company. I don't know. I don't know what the future is. But for right now, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I really do. I love what I do. But I was comfortable doing what I was doing. And I was perfectly fine staying there because as much as I hated it, it was like, eh, it's a decent job. It pays good money. And I go home at the end of the day and I have some money in my pocket, right? And how many people live a life of, I don't know, not misery necessarily, but less than the life that they should be living because they don't have the the courage to just say, this is not the life I'm meant to be living. And the fact that you were able to do it, I mean, that that's just amazing. It's, yeah. That's a major moment of self-actualization well, to be able to say, this is not the path I need to be on. I need to shift gears. Here, this is an interesting, so you're, I think it was last week's episode with Ali. Was, was that last week's? I listened to his story and it, it, what was striking to that is in all, you know, in all on paper and everything like that, he was living his dream job, right? Mm-hmm. He was, he was, he was designing, he was producing everything like that. And he still wasn't happy. And, and like, that's gotta be really hard when you think you're living your dream job and you're still not happy. Then what's trying to figure out why that's, it's gotta be really uh, challenging, which it obviously clearly was for him. And, and it was really nice to hear that he had figured it out, but yeah, most people don't. I mean, most people, I feel like they don't figure it out. No. You know, Justin, you really, not only did you figure it out, but then you made a complete pivot. Right. And so uh, just so I understand, just so I have context. So you are a full-time content creator and maker. You're not, there is no, 
day job anymore. Oh yeah, there's a day job. Oh okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Like I, I actually wasn't sure if you had a day job or not anymore. Uh, if I had, if I didn't have a day job, for sure the sofa beer fridge would not have taken me <laughs> this long to build. <laughs> I, th I think really what you guys are talking about is something interesting because I think uh, like self-awareness is where what, what was key for me to change. You know, like I, I've been on a massive journey, like realizing that, you know, I would get angry at like the simplest things, you know, I would take it out on my wife, um, you know, and I would, uh, sometimes I would just get really snappy for no reason and I remember saying to myself, in fact, I, it was actually on board the submarine. And I'm going to share, share this story, which I haven't really shared much. I've shared it on my podcast. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people can relate to it in some way or form, whether they do it to themselves or not. But so I, I screwed up big time on board. We were on a, on a patrol, which is like a sneaky thing, you know. Uh, you, you disappear off the the map and and reappear months later, and you know we, I had a job and I forgot to do some bolts up or something or test something. I can't remember exactly what it was, um, but we had an air leak and therefore we couldn't run the equipment we need to run at the time, and there was a lot of stress. Like my chief ripped shreds off me, you know, and. You know, I took it so personally uh, that I screwed up. You know, I I had convinced myself, you know, after the situation was resolved, you know, I'd convinced myself as I'm sitting there in the in the heads, in the toilets, like I needed punishment. So, you know, like I had sat there and I said, right, I, this is, you need to punish yourself. So I, I punched myself in the face like multiple, multiple times. So I had massive black eye. And, you know, and it was super embarrassing. Like, I just, I couldn't. Lost it. Oh, I lost it. And, like, I couldn't face the crew. Like, they were, the boys were just giving me heaps of shit over it. Like, they just really gave it to me. And I, and it was like three, two weeks later, we actually finally came home. And, you know, I still have a bit of a black eye. And my wife's like, what happened? She's like, why have you got a black eye? And, you know, I didn't really want to tell her. And, you know, I eventually told her, but at the same time I was telling her, I realized like, I don't want to be this person. Like what, how did I get there in the first place? Why, right. why did I think at that time that that was the right thing to do? So I, from that point, I was on this massive journey to like work out why I act like I act, what are my triggers and that sort of thing. So it's, it's not only been a thing about, you know, finding my creativity. It's about realizing that, you know, the things that I get hung up on, you know, and how to deal with them and how to be a better person total. Like, I mean, it's a bit of a funny thing, but it's a complete package. And that's how I got to where I am now, which is, you know, the best place I've ever been in, to be quite honest. And my, just, touching on what vincent said with my day job my day job is to work in daycare with like one to five year olds and you know i just make paper planes pretty much the the whole time and <laughs> <laughs> Sounds well, awesome. you couldn't be you couldn't be the kind of guy that would punch himself in the face and punishment and work with children like that doesn't seem like you would have to have some kind of personality shift to uh keep your sanity in that kind of setting 
Oh, I'm leaps and bounds from where I was. Like, you know, five years ago, my ego was huge. And, you know, I, I would tell myself this and that, you know, and, and I would find myself in this positions where I wouldn't want to be. And then you'd have to fight your way out of it, you know. And if I had actually just stopped and listened to my true self, I would have realized, oh, sh- I, I should have never gone there in the first place. Like I mm-hmm. never should have been in the in the military. I never should have tried to fit in and try and be someone I wasn't. Uh, humility I, is humility is is amazing as a concept because it kind of grounds you in reality a little better than pretty much anything else. If you have a big ego, I don't think you can. I don't think people with big egos benefit from failure the way people who are humble do. So we always one of the one of the prevailing topics on this podcast, something we talk about regularly is how we're, I'm not afraid to fail. I've failed four times on my enlighten us project so far, four times. It's literally not even glued yet. I failed four times on it. Things that I were going to, was going to do just didn't work, but I'm not afraid to fail. Like I, I don't feel like it's a mark against you. If you fail, I feel like it's a, it's only a mark against you if you fail and then go, I'm done with this. Well, I, like, I, I think that's exactly it though. I think it, it yeah. not only is it not a, a mark against you, I think failure is shows that you're, you're pushing, pushing the limits and you're trying more. Right? Exactly. Like that. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. that's a, it's a positive thing. Um, if you think about it that way. And someone who's not humble, someone who's not humble can't fail right? because they won't allow themselves to fail. Their ego, that this is really, wow, I'm going to have to think about that. Like, I'm going to just sit there tonight just <laughs> thinking about this because it's true. The people that we, that we gravitate toward, the people in our space that are the most, you know, the most genuine are the ones who accept failure the best. And they accept failure the best because they're humble people. They're, they understand that, you know, my failures aren't a reflection on everything that I've ever done in my entire life. It's just, oh, this project didn't work, but we're going to make it work anyway. So do you think, do you, so out of curiosity, knowing how do you think old Justin would have handled the sofa beer fridge? Uh, That's a great question. Because, and the reason I ask is because you have really, I like talking about this project with you and I like this project in general because you have hit, just about everything that could go wrong at some point has gone wrong to some extent. And yet tomorrow, as we record this, you're delivering it. And it, I, when you lit it up the other day, I mean, it was in your stories and I was like, I wanted to throw confetti for you because I was so happy that you were finally getting it done. Do you, what do you, how do you think the old Justin would have even handled this project? Cause I just don't even think you would have been capable of doing it. I definitely think I would have been capable to do it. Just how I did it is a different story. I think, like, <laughs> there are signs of old Justin in the workshop occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> there, he pokes out, doesn't he? <laughs> there, there is a broken door on my cupboard. Uh, when mm. you know, so I do have little outbursts. But you know what? I can rein it in real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, and often, often the outbursts is just because I didn't catch it quick enough. Like I let it get to me. I let it like take over. And that outburst is like the way to get that energy out. Uh, that, you know, that anger, that anguish, that, the feeling of failure or, you know, feeling of you're not enough when you, when you screw something up. Um, you know, so to do, to this sofa beer fridge, you know, I never done programming before. I never done electronics before. 
Uh, I'd done a very little amount of welding and, you know, I had never really done fridge mechanics properly from scratch. Like I, I worked with fridges a little bit in the military. Um, but you know, like understanding what other problems I'm going to have with this project, uh, thinking about condensation and insulation and water buildup and a whole heap of other things that I just was not completely prepared for, you know, and so therefore everything at some point went wrong. You know, I had, I blew up two Arduinos because I was, you know, stupid and like didn't, had a loose cable somewhere. Um, you know, I, I've screwed up like the initial solution that I had for cooling the whole fridge down, uh, used like, a, a two Peltier units. Um, mm. and that, that was not good enough. Like I didn't research enough into the solution. And so I had to completely scrap that. And then instead I had to find an old little bar fridge and disassemble that and, cut it up and regas it and all things I'd never done before. And so when you're approaching things you've never done before, you kind of have to expect the failure. Um, and it's just like a little bit of like the whole breathe, it, <laughs> breathe through, breathe through the pain, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like giving birth. <laughs> it's like giving birth to a sofa. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely it's it's really interesting to me that you said that you know the, the outbursts happen when you don't catch it because I've talked about I've talked about my um my trip through therapy and my therapist is very big on cognitive behavioral therapy and you know the trick the trick when you're in with when you're working with a therapist who believes in that is to focus on being aware of not aware of I can't speak for anything today, being aware enough of what's going on that you can put a stop to it. Right. And working with her, I've gotten in the habit when those spiral, when those downward spirals start, it's not that I can stop them necessarily. It's that I, I can recognize them happening and can employ the coping strategies I need. So it's really interesting that you and I are kind of similar personalities that way in that your your outbursts are like my depression spirals in that they'll happen but they'll only happen when I don't stop them in time not because not because they're just bound to happen it's because oh I missed it damn it's too late it's going to just happen now I just got to ride it out so well I, I think that I mean that's and I, I say this from people in my own life and everything like that it's um you know those things don't go away right those nope those characteristics or those feelings of, you know, depression, those things, you, you can't, you don't cure those. What you, but to your point, Vincent, is it, it, you, you have coping skills and you learn to acknowledge them and realize that they're happening and catch them in time. Right. And mm -hmm. that, there's a distinction of that. I think people that don't understand mental illness and stuff like that don't understand that they think, why can't you just be happy? Why can't you, you know, there's a, why, you know, there's a cure. There's not a cure. There's, behavior and and acknowledgement and understanding why what's going on right right exactly and that's what i think i'm 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 kind of happy that you said that justin i really am because it just kind of it focuses me it, it's focusing my mind on you know the importance of being on top of on top of your emotions and what you're what's what's going through your head at any given time and i, I just 
Okay, enough gushing. Enough gushing. Well, one, <laughs> one interesting thing is that, you know, too, I don't know if you guys seen much of my videos, but if you have a look at them, uh, you know, there's a lot of silly stuff and there's a lot of things in between videos that just don't make sense. And uh, basically the way I produce my videos, all the random stuff that happens or the funny things that happen are generally, they are the way I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, if you guys, by the time this is released, maybe the, um, the first episode of the sofa beer fridge video will be out. And, you know, there's a scene in there where I screw something up and, you know, I have to go find my quiet place. Now, what happened in my head was like, it, it didn't, the draw didn't line up and I had spent so much effort and like into building this part of the sofa beer fridge that I, I couldn't handle it. So I, you know, I needed to get away. And I, mm-hmm. I had just watched uh, a movie called Hot Rod, which is uh, like um, Andy Samberg movie, and I love that movie, and I think it's hilarious. And in it, you know, he says the same thing: "I need to find my quiet place." And he goes off into the forest, and there's a whole big scene. So I decided to do exactly that. So I pretty much copied that scene from that movie. So when I went to find my quiet place. I also went in the forest and started dancing and being a dickhead. So, you know, <laughs> you know, and and there's, you know, just like uh, the movie Hot Rod, there's also a, you know, part of that where I am falling down a mountain. In for my video, it's 23 seconds of my video I'm falling down a mountain. And, you know, that's everyone just thinks that's random, but it's it's a little bit of how my brain works right. it's how like i deal with things it, i'm showing you guys that i need to uh get away i need to like breathe it out a little bit and have a little bit of fun to to deal with the issue behind you know the problem uh, and that's how i sort of have my coping mechanisms uh when things sometimes go really bad you know i'm much better nowadays to just go you know what It'll be right. Like I'll go to sleep and in the morning I'll find a solution. But sometimes when I put a lot of effort into something and it just doesn't work out, you know, I tip over. And and so that's often when you see the things in the videos where things happen. You know, I'll, you know, for example, I'll put a, (laughs) in the drawer, the lineal actuator talks down to like 150 pounds or something like that. And, you know, so you don't want to get your finger caught in there. No. Uh, and so that's actually kind of what happened. My T-shirt got caught in there. Oh, no. You know, and and admittedly, I got it out. But then I thought, oh, that's a bit funny, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I refilmed it and, you know, and did a little scene regarding that, you know. And so that and that's part of the failure realizing like oh i can't have a lineal actuator that's going to crush fingers and catch t-shirts so i need to find a solution to that might be a problem (laughs) and and that was it you know and and i show people that as well like i often show all my major screw-ups because they're worth showing because to show you that you know you guys could be exactly like me and have never done anything like this in your whole entire life 
and all you need is YouTube and, you know, uh, open mind and some yeah. grit and you can do exactly what I can do. Exactly. Right. That's we're awesome. going to hit we're going to hit the break and talk to our, talk talk oh Jesus this is just <laughs> going to be one of those episodes. We are going to hit the break for our sponsors and when we come back I actually have something I heard the other day that I'm going to mention. I want to hear what Justin's thoughts on it are because I think it's actually really really good stuff and as usual it comes from the the great sage Steve Ramsey. So we'll be back in a minute. If your home is feeling a little bit drab and uninspired, maybe it just needs a touch of art. Creative Ward Gallery is run by friend of the show, Marion Ward, who does Bob Ross-inspired landscapes in acrylic and oil, and will even do custom commissions to suit your mood or decor. Check her out at Instagram.com slash Creative Ward Gallery. And if you mention you heard about her on Because We Make, she'll ship your piece for free in the United States. What are you waiting for? Dress up your home today. So the great sage that is um, the one and only Steve Ramsey had a quote in one of his videos a couple of days ago. And it seems to fit what we're talking about today. So I wanted to bring it up and see what you guys thought of it. And he said um, he likes when people leave the mistakes in videos, not so much because you could see that they failed, but because you a lot of YouTube videos and, you know, the social media that we've come to integrate as part of the movement, um, they kind of create the impression that everybody succeeds on the first try. Mm-hmm. And he was he was very. Steve is very good about stuff like this because Steve Steve's whole Steve's whole person persona is he's into woodworking for mere mortals to make woodworking approachable. And if everything you do looks like a success on the first try, that's not very approachable because you think, well, I know I'm gonna, you know, people that aren't really confident aren't gonna even try because it's like I can't make it a success the first time I try it. So I was wondering how you guys feel about that quote about leaving stuff in because people that are new to it will see it and go. You know, even people that know what they're doing are going to fail at stuff from time to time. How do you feel about that? I'm 100%. Like, that's like we were talking about before. Like, Mm -hmm. the failures is the project. Right. Like, that is the project. Because if you are successful at something, then fine. Put that in. But majority of us, especially makers who are trying things we never tried before most of the time, we're going to make mistakes. And if we give people the illusion that we never make mistakes, then don't we want other people to try things? Isn't that why we're putting it on YouTube in the first place? We want to show people that I made this thing, but I also made mistakes. And you can try making this thing and you can learn from my mistakes and you can also make your own mistakes, but that's all okay. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. I'm in a hundred percent agreement. I think, you know, why I do videos is to, well, one, cause I, like, I enjoy the process, but I'm, I'm always learning as in almost every one of my videos, I'm learning as I do the video or the pro- project. Right. And part of that, I mean, I, I guess part of that is the type of thing I do. Right. Uh, whereas others are kind of being more professional, but I, to, so to me, it's, you know, I'll, I'll point them out and I'll say, you know, this worked. I'm, I was happy with it, but I would I would do it differently this way. And I think that's a that's a fine approach too, is because then you're also saying I made a mistake or it didn't come out the exact way I wanted it to, and I learned from that. Like this is what I would do differently because I learned from doing it the first time I ever did it. He he got me thinking. He got me thinking. Right? Because 
the mindset the mindset seems to be that mistakes and failures are unrecoverable right but i feel like the only even even a complete disaster where you completely as justin says and it just cracks me up when you balls up a project really badly <laughs> right even when you balls up something really really badly you do leave yourself the opportunity to redo it like i have completely demolished the same project twice twice completely ruined it to the point where it's not salvageable is that a failure? Well, as of right now, it is, but that's only because I haven't taken a third crack at it's it. It's only right? current. Yeah, it's currently yeah, a failure, it's but not. currently a failure. Exactly. And I think that that's kind of a strength that we have, even if we don't realize it, that we can recognize that a current failure isn't a permanent, unrecoverable mm, failure. That's a great point. You, when I've killed this, pro- I, I just get annoyed. I, I have the PDF of it sitting on my desktop from time to time as like a reminder, like, hey, when you got nothing else to do, here's the here's the plans. Try it again. And no, I really don't feel like trying it again right now. But I understand that what's making this project a failure isn't that I completely ballsed it up the last time I attempted it. It's that I'm not attempting it right now. It's that the it's sitting there like an albatross kind of taunting me from the shop going, hey, you have enough wood to make this work this time. Why don't we give it a go? Why don't we give it a go? And I, I'm fascinated by that mindset because even, you know, your re- re- recovery could be starting over and that's fine too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm fascinated yeah. by the mindset that we have. It's just amazing to me. It, and, and this goes back to actually, I think we had our episode, it might've been one of our first, you, just you and me, Vincent episodes mm-hmm. on failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the leather checker case that I made. And yes. that's a perfect example because in my head that the, the plan I had going in worked perfectly. Like it, mm-hmm. it really did, it, you know, and I got into it and realized that it completely didn't work. It was like a complete failure at that point. And so I took that. I didn't I didn't have to scrap that. I, I reworked the design and came up with such a better design in so many <laughs> ways. Not only did it work, but it was a better design. And from that learning, that figuring like what failed from the beginning is has inspired and given me so much more understanding of of how to do that type of thing that has gone on to, for so many other projects now like i the, the the failures from that and the learnings from that failure have inspired and made me better at many many other projects not just that one and so and if i had never done that i would never have really figured out why you know how to make it the other things better does that make sense yep 100 percent. justin you yeah, oh, I, was, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, Terius Mista, I think he was on like episode four or something of my podcast. He's a really talented wood carver. He makes beautiful wooden carvings and, you know, just like whittling carvings. I mean, and, you know, he, he said something that was kind of stuck with me. He's like, you can't be scared of failure because the worst thing you have if you screw something up is a bit of firewood. And you can still use that, right? Yeah, that's fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I, if you could, I mean, I know. So the the sofa beer fridge. One of the things I love about that as a project is you tackled so many new skills. Are there any skills you don't have right now that you feel like, man, I wish I could just devote some time and learn that particular skill? Because I know for me, welding is one of those skills, and I know I'm not. I know it's not an unapproachable skill that I, I understand. I know I'm going to, if as soon as I say welding, everybody's going to say, well, you know, you could learn. Yes, I know I could. I'm just saying that it's one of those skills that I want to learn that I haven't learned yet. So I'm wondering if there, 
Yeah. So I'm wondering if there's any skills like that for you, Justin, anything where you're like, boy, it'd be really cool if I knew how to do blank. Does, is there a blank for you? Oh, yeah. There's like there's a big list, but the new one, which I'm going to bring in uh, for your thing of the week. Ooh, uh, that was a good segue, huh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I've done this podcast thing before. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you know how to run a podcast. This is crazy. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, Fusion 360 and uh, 3D printing. Oh. It's oh. something I don't do. And you know what? Like I didn't like I didn't appreciate 3D printing before. Like I kind of mm-hmm. thought 3D printing was cheating. Like mm-hmm. you know, you're like, oh, you just press play and it does, you know, build something oh. for you. Like, right? <laughs> That's the kind of mentality oh. I had, right? I like yeah. to do things with my hands. I like to build things from like from raw material to you know to the thing and shape and form and so on. But you know, I was trying to build this remote uh, for my sofa beer fridge, which was also a bottle opener, and mm-hmm. I know I thought, oh, I'll just make out of like out of plexiglass because i got a whole heap of it i'll laminate three pieces together and it'll be all good no it was brittle and it didn't do the job it cracked when i tried to open a beer so (laughs) i was i I was pissed and then i was like i had this epiphany like oh well why don't i like 3d print it that would be so much easier and you know so i reached out to my friend jürgen stray if you guys don't follow jürgen you should because he's amazing that's his Instagram or yeah, Jorgen Stray. If you're gonna spell it like phonetically, um, and he's amazing. Like he's a he's a metalsmith and and caster, um, and he makes amazing stuff. Uh, but he also has a 3D printer. I went to his house and I said, "Can you draw up this thing and teach me a little bit on Fusion?" Um, and you know, we were able to draw up the remote. 3D print it in a couple of hours and then, hey, presto, I had something in my hand. And it wasn't until I had it in my hand, I realized how freaking cool and how game-changing that really was. Mm-hmm. Like, I all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, I can do so much with this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the power is yours. Well, yeah. I, I think, I mean, that's, uh, that for me, I, I never thought that it was cheating. I, I, I really didn't for, for whatever reason. I probably am weird like that, but... But I, I definitely did not understand the versatility that CNCs and 3D printing had. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was, and I think we talked about this on uh, the Saturday chat last week, maybe. Um, I, I thought it, it is more of like a prototyping or a, you know, something to then make a cast to then make something else out of. And that's not it. I mean, that they, they can do both of those, right? They're great for mm-hmm. both of those, but you can actually make legitimate things from, you know, so it's, it is, it has been eye opening. I know exactly what you're talking about, Justin. Yeah. It It's, oh, this, I, I'm really digging this, con- I'm really digging this little bit of the conversation here because the, the, the constant conflict between the uh, traditional makers and digital fabrication types is always amusing to me. It's always amusing to me because you have people that are makers that are like digital fabrication tools are cheating, right? And they'll tell you that as they go to their planer, their sander, and their (laughs) cable saw, and their jointer. And it's like, well, well, I mean, if I really wanted to call cheaters, let's call cheaters to anyone using power tools. And if you're not doing woodwork the way it's done in Japan with just a saw – you know, and friction fit joinery, then, you know, you're a cheater too. You know, I think more of the John Kaipoff model, 
where to me, everything, every tool is just that a tool, you know, my CNC doesn't make me better at what I do. It makes me more efficient. I can do anything my CNC can do with the tools that I have downstairs. I'm also one person. So the idea that I'm going to sit there and play around with a with a bandsaw to make a sign when I have a CNC, I just, no, it's not really happening for me. And 3D printing, the same thing. You know, I made myself a set of corner radiuses for when I make my cutting boards and my serving trays and all that. Why? Because it makes my life a lot easier. It mm-hmm. makes my life a lot easier. You know, I can make Bruce is real. It's really interesting. Bruce, there's your Bruce mention showed in his video on, on his stories that he made a jig for his cutting boards to put to locate the hole for the feet. Mm-hmm. And he did it the same way I did it with the 3D printed one. He just did it with a piece of scrap wood and a hole. Right. And I'm like, yeah, cool. You could totally do it that way. Do I want to sit there and work it out and make sure? No, it's not really my bag. Like, that's not what I'm I don't want to spend time in my shop doing that kind of stuff. And I feel like, I feel like Justin, I feel like you wanting to learn Fusion 360 just makes my heart swell with love right now because Fusion 360 to me is something where once you learn it, you realize what you've been missing out on. Oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to smash into it for sure because (laughs) you're going to execute then you're going to love my thing of the week, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just didn't realize, like I said, like I just, like I... I knew you could do all this stuff, but then just like that remote was a prototype, you know, like it had never been made before. I had this idea in my head what it looked like and, you know, and I was able to just like make it happen. Like I could draw it up in a matter of minutes and then just press play. And the great thing I didn't really take into account, which something that, you know, I think a lot of people that do 3D printing realize is like, once you press play, you can just leave it and you can go do something else. Mm-hmm. Like you, like for me right. to make that remote out of like plexiglass, it took me hours, right? right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we drew it up in like 40 minutes, exactly how we wanted it, press play. And in a couple of hours, it was printed. But in those couple of hours, I could go do some other stuff. Right. Well, so Ben Nyman, um, Make for Life Workshop, a friend of ours, um, very good friend of ours. He's the guy that supplies the wood bomb that I give with my cutting boards. Um, we had an interesting conversation. I was looking for a CNC a couple of months ago, and I was looking at the Shaper Origin, which is essentially a router with a computer strapped to it. Mm-hmm. So you have to move it. It does. It compensates, and it does all the cool digital stuff that a CNC does, but you do have to man it to make it do something, right? A CNC like I have, which is the Shape Oko, you just tell it what to do and you keep an eye on it, but you let it go. And Ben straightened me out right away as I was looking at the two of them side by side. I'm like, I'm kind of on the fence between a shape Oko and a shaper. And he goes, get the shape Oko. He goes, because you're a one man shop like I am. And you're essentially hiring your first employee when you get a shape Oko rather than something you have to watch. And I start, it made me think about it in a different way. And what you just said is exactly what he said. You set it, you let it go, and it works for you while you're doing other things. It's not multitasking because you're not doing multiple things, but multiple things are getting accomplished in the same amount of time. And wow, it's just once you start looking at these tools that way, it really does. Like I cut panels for my Enlighten Us project. I I did them on the laser. I could have done them with the bandsaw, right? It would have taken me three to four times as long. It took... 20 minutes and, and probably wouldn't f- be as precise no i it mean not, not, i don't mean that as a 
no you're right you're, you but it just, yeah you're 100 percent right i cut four panels for my lantern today on the scene on the uh laser and it took 20 minutes 20 minutes actually 10 minutes and it's like wow when, how am i going to get that done in 10 minutes if i'm doing it right well you know, it's, it's interesting the the and uh, ben Ueda talks about the shaper versus the you know a, a, a traditional cnc and and it's again all these things and all these tools it, they're it's all for a different, you know, it's all for the purpose, right? There's a certain purpose or a use for it. Because the mm-hmm. shaper actually, for me, probably would be a better of system. Course. A, I don't have the space for a CNC, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two, I don't I don't produce a lot of the same things. And so being able to use a shaper to make a one-off is perfect for, for me. I'm not trying to bash things out. Um, and so that's a different mindset. They, they don't do the same thing. I mean, they do the same thing, but they don't serve the same purpose. They don't, and 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 I think, I think that that's what's I think that's what's cool about what we're doing as far as the way maker the way making is going. It does seem like there are multiple approaches to the same thing, even in three D printing, right? So for most people, an FDM, which is what you print with filament on a roll, that's enough three D printer for almost everyone that three D prints. But now there's a whole new movement of people printing like D&D miniatures and they're using SLA printers. Why? Because they're super accurate. They can print really small pieces and they're making their miniatures and their figures for the game on SLA printers because they can, because SLA printers are under $300 now, you know, and these are people, what, what would you tell them? Oh no, you have to do it with clay. Otherwise you're not doing it right. Like it's just, I don't know this you're not doing it right unless you're doing it the way it was done 80 years ago just seems to me like such a short-sighted way of looking at things like i don't know maybe it's just me (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's that's just like saying you know you got to learn you know how to do things from a book instead of watch a youtube video right right yeah yeah that's a that's a really good example actually yeah or or if you're if you're if you're reading that book on a kindle you're not actually reading a book you're only reading a book if you're flipping paper pages you know or you know i I almost want to go well okay are you watching tv if are you really watching tv if it's not on a kinescope like i mean are we you know let's go how far back do we want to take this like you know are you really entertained unless you're going to the theater like it's just like people are weird that way people Mm -hmm. are very weird that way so why don't we get into um we'll do the video of the week next. Well, let's do things of the week. So interestingly, I'm not sure what Justin's thing of the week is, but I'm going to tell you what mine is and then we'll get to Justin specifically. But Justin, my thing of the week is actually Fusion 360 for makers, which is Bob Claggett's Fusion 360 course. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny cuz I I bought the course the day it came I I was one of the first literally one of the first people to buy the course and I never got to finish it. And I finally got to finish it yesterday. And I got to tell you, I know Fusion 360, and I learned stuff in this course. Like, let me I ask learned... you. Can, oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. But I, as someone who doesn't, I don't know SketchUp. I don't know Fusion 360. Obviously, I know everyone says if you're going to learn one, learn Fusion 360. So I'm, I'm in that camp. Is would you say that someone that has zero background in this kind of stuff was it was it approachable? I, I okay. I'm just going to tell and, you this much. Not only is it approachable. It's designed for you. Okay. It's designed for people that know nothing, but what's brilliant about it is I know Fusion 360. And you and still I got something stuff. on it. Yeah, gotcha. See, I, I've taken, so I took, the first course I took was on Skillshare. It was by Desktop Makes, Vladimir Mariano. It was called Fusion 360 for 3D printing. It's a great course. I mean, if you've, 
if you want to really specifically target your Fusion 360 knowledge toward 3D printing, that's the course you need to take. Um, in fact, Justin, that might actually be the course you want to take. His courses are fantastic. He's an amazing teacher. I came away from that course going, oh, I know Fusion 360 now. And I really haven't, most of the bulk of my knowledge of Fusion 360 was obtained in that course. Bob's course still managed to fill in some gaps for me. And one of the things I liked about Bob's course was that he actually managed to give me the thing that I was missing, which is how to how to plan out a project with Fusion 360. So it, it all depends, all depending on what you're going to do with it. I think this course is so good that it's worth, it's, I think it's $120. I would say just take it. If you have any inkling that you want to learn Fusion 360, this is the kind of course where it's like, you have nothing to lose by taking this course. Nothing. You are going to learn a ton and Bob's a pretty damn good teacher. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, exactly. He teaches some, I, I've, so like I said, I've taken other courses. I've taken, I watched other videos. There's a couple of things that he teaches and the way he teaches you to use Fusion 360 that none of the other courses I did taught me. And now I'm rethinking the way I use Fusion 360. So cool. yeah, I would, I would say that's, a, that's the kind of course that you definitely should take. There's a lot out there for Fusion 360 and as far as whether you should do that or SketchUp, I just, well, yeah, there are people, no, there's that, love, no question, right? there are people that love SketchUp and I'm not going to down SketchUp, but I'm just going to tell you, if you have no knowledge and you're going to learn something, right. just learn Fusion 360. I, I think that I think that's the unanimous uh, answer yeah. to that. Again, I, 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 again if there's, it, 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 there's different purposes, but yeah, if you're going to learn one, one does everything the other one does and more and... So why wouldn't you learn that one? Right? It's a bigger, it's yeah. a bigger nut to crack. Yeah, right. But you're right. learning a better skill. Yeah, that that's how. So yeah, Fusion three hundred and sixty, um, Fusion three hundred and sixty for makers is the name of the course. That's Bob Claggett's course. So uh, now, Justin, you I'm, said I'm yours on, was. I'm going to be on that for sure. Like, yeah, you're, I think I think you'll enjoy it. And if you want to do the, for three D printing again, D- Vladimir Mariano's course might actually be better for you if you want to focus on three D printing. But I would say, hell, take both. <laughs> just just take both get the two months free on skillshare right take the flake take vladimir's course because it only take you seven days if you do it one a day you can do the whole i did the whole thing in a weekend take his course then spend 120 bucks and take bob's course <laughs> but, justin yeah, think um, of the week mate yeah well i kind of mentioned it before that that's what that was my segue you know the 3d printing like that is my thing of the week like I agree. For me, it's just blown. It's like blown open my mind to what is possible. And, you know, I think that's just the, the crux of it. And I, I I find it interesting we're talking about Bob Claggett's course. And then, you know, I actually had um, uh, Dan Rees from Zebrano Woodcraft. He makes really amazing wooden rings on my show. And mm-hmm. he, he runs an online course as well. And... I found it really interesting um, because I just want to talk about this just briefly. There are people that are not sharing what they, who they are as the people on social. You know, they're not sharing their weirdness. They're not sharing mm-hmm. who they are, their personality. And now uh, I would personally think that's a silly thing to do because if you look at people like Bob Claggett and, for example, Dan Rees, yeah, they're making good money from these courses and they're able to to do more of what they like to do by running these courses. And 
you know, like if you are in that position where in the future you want to be that type of person, like Bob Claggett or or anyone that's well known in that maker community, and you want to kind of make a sort of passive sort of income, even though you have to be quite involved in it. But you know, that's where it comes from. People mm-hmm. buy people; they don't buy products. And that you know that branding that Bob Claggett is able to do, that's he you trust that. Because he has how many years of experience building projects and showing you that he's really good at fusion. Right. And then you trust him to buy a $120 course. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If I had no idea who Bob Claggett was and never seen his videos and I was looking for some kind of course, there's no way in hell I would pay 120 bucks for for his course. I just wouldn't because I would have no idea. But your point, I've I, he's been part of my life, you know, every week for how long and so now i know that it's going to be a quality thing so yeah you're absolutely right and it was the same the same with dan rees like he runs this course it costs 320 dollars for a six-week course and you know he's got over 100 students and that like every month and like, mm-hmm. like that pays his bills you know like right yeah like and then he gets time to do the real stuff like the real creative ring stuff that can also build his profile but what he's done over the last seven to eight years was build up a profile that he's that guy with that knowledge Mm -hmm. and he also showed his personality so you trust him and you like him and then you know people execute they're like yeah yeah sold you know 350 bucks no problem i'll do the course i always wanted to learn how to make wooden rings Right. Uh, yeah. Mm. I mean, I think, well, I think there's the same thing with podcasts. I mean, that's that. This is a way to to show people your personality, and people. And we we've we've talked about it, Vincent. I mean, people know who we are, know our personality, not know who we are, because mm-hmm. no, you can know who someone is, but not know who they are, right? And and I think that's why podcasts are also really like really important for getting your personality out there. I, there's tons of people that know me so much better now because of this that would never have known any part of my life otherwise, right? No matter how much I post on Instagram, no matter how many videos I put out there. So I, I can hear your audience members though. Like, oh yeah, but Justin, I'll never you know, do a Fusion 360 course. Well, you know, I would have never imagined, imagined that right. I was, you know, in the position I'm in now. Like 10 years ago, I was on a submarine. You know, yeah, right. Uh, you know, and so you just don't know. So if you don't put yourself out there and build a brand, like a personal brand of who you are, and build trust within a community, then you've got no hope in the future of maybe doing something like that. And for the drinking game players, here's a Jason Stapleton reminder: always <laughs> be raising your human capital. Always be increasing your set of knowledge and skills to make you the most important person at what you're doing. And even if if you have even the slightest bit of interest in something like Fusion 360, then by all means, start learning it. Even, even if you just get the application, put it on your computer, it is free, get it on your computer and start watching YouTube classes on how to use it. There is no reason to not learn it. There is no there is no barrier to entry to learn something like this, but it's a skill that you're going to carry with you. And it's the kind of skill that, I mean, yeah, you may not get a job doing Fusion 360 stuff. I don't have a job doing Fusion 360 stuff, but I'm going to give you an example. We had a product that was coming in 
and it was um, we were making USB cables. And the company said, all right, we need the product packaging. And my answer was, I need a photo of the cable to put on the packaging. And they, you know what they told me? We don't have photos of it, but we still need the packaging. I went into Fusion 360 and I rendered out the picture that is on the box. Now, does my job need Fusion 360? No. But did they think I was a damn hero when Mm -hmm. I made the cable out of Infusion 360 and put it on the front of the box? Yes, they did. So, you know, and that's the kind of thing that even if you don't think you have a direct need for it, well, maybe you don't think you have a direct need for it because it's not in your tool set right now. But maybe if it was in your tool set, it would solve a problem that you didn't even know you could solve because it's now in your tool set. So, I I will let you guys know, I... I just passed up a job because I didn't have experience <laughs> in Fusion 360 and 3D printing. Like wow. it, it was in a maker space. Like it was a 50% wow. position working in a maker space. But one of the biggest priorities they wanted was some you knew how to use Fusion and you knew how to operate a 3D printer, which none of which I had done at the time. <laughs> so mm. If I had actually, you should, you should have lied and then taken the course for over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's actually that's actually really interesting. And the the other thing, like now now watch this. Had you gone back, let's say go back two years, and you're like on a weekend, like I got nothing to do. Don't you wish you had just said, hey, you know what, maybe I'll just start learning Fusion 360. Right? You don't have to be an expert, but you would have had two years of learning it. Like you would have had the experience. You would have bumped into the issues. And by the time you did apply for that job, it would have been like, oh, yeah, I, I got this. I, I know enough where I could help people that are sitting in a makerspace trying to use Fusion 360. So, yeah, so that's incredible. So um, I guess that means you'll be uh, learning Fusion 360 ASAP then <laughs> because you never know. I don't got to get this soap of beer fridge out of the bloody garage. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, by the time we're recording this, it will be out of your garage. I like the way you guys say garage, by the way. <laughs> garage. <laughs> garage Ethan, right, yeah thing of the is week. your thing of the week something related to fusion 360 no absolutely not um but <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> but I'll, i will make it quick um so I, i'm horrible with the last name so i'm gonna say this wrong but my thing of the week um well it was gonna be a specific video which i guess that will be the thing of the week but it's also the person um jack uh conte the founder ceo of patreon is that would you, is that how you yep, say it? Yeah, Conte. Yep. Conte. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Bruce Ulrich actually sent me a video this week. We were talking about, you know, I've been, I haven't gotten a YouTube video out in a while. And, and you know, I'm just kind of, and, and to be, so what I'm working on in my latest video is going to be a leather stitching video. And it's kind of designed, it's, it's much more really how to than anything I've done before. You know, I, I've done project videos before, but this is a really like three ways of doing it. Um, so it's a, it's a different format and, and I'm struggling with how to just kind of like get started with it. Um, I've, I've filmed a lot of it and stuff like that, but I, I don't know. It's just been, it's, you know, other video, my other videos, I would just jump in because I'm used to kind of, there's a start and there's a finish and I, you know, edit in between those. So anyway, so I was, we were talking about it and he sent me a video, um, by Jack and, First of all, I didn't know that Jack had his hand in so many things. I, I think I knew he was the CEO of Patreon, um, but I mean, he's a huge, I mean, he's a you know, well-known musician. Uh, I didn't realize he was part of the Scary Pockets, which is a really fun uh, band that does like, you know, covers, but in a unique ways. So anyways, he's awesome. But 
the video specifically that Bruce sent me was it's called how to increase productivity and it's on his YouTube channel, uh, Jack Conte extras. And it's a really, it's 10 minutes long. Um, it is the whole time I was watching, I was like, this is the kind of talk that needs that WorkbenchCon needs or that, you know, maker central needs. It was a fantastic presentation. It's basically just that it's a video of him giving this presentation and I won't just go watch it. Um, if you're a content creator, cause I think it's really useful or, or any, actually any creator, um, anybody that's creative and putting things out. And basically the premise is it, the premise is basically we get hung up on this idea of finished, right? So like he uses the example of sporting events have a, they finish. There's a, you know, there's an end, there's a time, there's an end, there's a clear winner, there's a clear loser. That's, that is finished. When, uh, for us as people, you know, creatives and, and musicians and content creators and stuff like that, there is not, there is no such thing as finished. It's because you could always make more tweaks, right? You could always adjust the volume and, you know, adjust the audio levels. You can always tweak this uh, transition a little bit more. And, and by, th- by getting focused on the, the word finished, you never finish anything because it's impossible. And so focus more on publishing and, and putting that content out there. And it really, really hit home for me because the, I think about Instagram, I'm very good about this and YouTube, I'm very bad about this. So Instagram, sorry, I'm getting a little long-winded, but Instagram, I take the approach of it's going to be gone in two days. Um, I have my formula down and, you know, I put out, I, I have my formula for my videos. I put out, you know, usually around three videos per week. I don't worry too much about the video themselves or the product. I mean, obviously, I, I take a lot of pride in, in in both of those, but I don't worry too much about it. And that allows me to just crank out videos. I did a video on Friday, and I didn't have any idea what I was going to do. And I did the, I made it, filmed it, and everything in like an hour, and had a video to put out on Friday night. And I didn't worry about it at all. Whereas YouTube, I'm much more. Is this a uh, is this project worthy of a YouTube video? Is uh, like what's the you know, what's my angle on this and everything like that. And because of that, it takes me a month and a half generally, if not more to come up to put out a YouTube video. And it's purely because I'm, I'm trying to get everything finished versus publishing a video. So really, really resonated. It's 10 minutes. I highly recommend it. Uh, so check it out. Cool. We will have that one in the show notes. I actually just found it. So how to increase productivity. It's only a 10 minute video. So uh, take a minute, a couple of minutes out of your day and uh, have a look at it. Um, Okay. I think that's going to do it. Justin, this marathon day of us hanging out together is- Oh, video of the week, Vincent. Oh, damn. Yeah. Wow. We almost missed video of the week and we can't miss this one. Holy crap. We can't miss this one. Um, video of the week. Um, we'll do it real quick because yeah, it real really, quick. it's the most visual video of the week I think we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, video of the week this week goes to yet again, Jesus Christ. He's made of his last three videos. Two of them are video of the week, but it's Drew Fisher yet again. And the reason it's Drew Fisher is, and he changed the name of the video, by the way. I don't yeah. know if you noticed. Yep. And, and um, thumbnail. It's now called a stop motion tool restoration story. Um, basically, there's this story. If you listen to the We Built a Thing podcast, there's a story of um, a chisel that was retrieved on Mark's property. By his and it was sent to Drew. And it, well, it restored itself. I'm not kidding. It restored itself. And there's video proof of this. So 
um, the video is absolutely fantastic. And the outtake is particularly good because yes. at one point in the outtake, he goes, oh, damn, I bumped the camera. And I'm like, yep, you're going to have a lot of shots you got to take over now because you don't know where the camera is supposed to be. <laughs> and I felt so horrible for him in that moment because there is nothing you can do at that point. You, know, you got to start over. Yeah, it, it, it's a perfect video that captures, one, his skill and creativity and also his humor and it just and his flawlessness of of executing something that takes so much precision. So yep. very very well done. Really well done. Um, he's he's a very talented, very funny guy. Somebody that we both really really yeah. really like. And uh, one day he's going to be on this show. Oh, we've yeah, already sure. we've already figured it out. We just have to figure out the day he's going to be on. But congratulations, Drew! Your video of the week again. You're starting to make it difficult. Uh, I know. We're going to have to have a moratorium on Drew as video of the week <laughs> at some point because it's, he's making it impossible for any other people to get a word in edgewise here. But it was really good. It's charming. It's cute. And uh, it's just really well done. So, uh, okay. Now I get to say goodbye. Yes. To sorry. Yes. <laughs> so we have literally spent, it is now 442 New York time, which means we've spent Three hours and 30 minutes with Justin today. So it's been a Justin marathon. But Justin, thank you so much for being on Because We Make, finally. It was so nice to finally get to talk to you um, in a way that isn't us chatting on Instagram or some other way. So, And and congratulations again on the finishing the beer sofa. The sofa beer fridge, yeah. Sofa beer fridge, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I I should probably call it like its full name, the voice-controlled sofa beer fridge. There you go. because it I, does, it does actually operate under voice control. So I was, I was telling Beth about this project, and she, I was telling, I was like, I was like, he sat because I remember you telling the story that you sat there and you started talking about this, and like, well, and you and your friend were like, well, what if it? Well, what if it? Well, what if it? And you just kept <laughs> adding feature after feature, and I was like, this is just the greatest thing ever because now it's a fridge that automatically dispenses beers, lets you know when it's out of beer. It's just, and it actually looks really comfortable too, yeah, which is kind of crazy, <laughs> like. It's not just a really cool technological achievement. It's actually a decent piece of furniture too, which is kind of cool. So, and I can't wait yeah, for the videos. So, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to you know get it in its place and then finish this off. It's been a, a long journey, as I've said many times before. Um, I want to thank you guys for having me on your show. It's been great. Um, it's great to get like sort of some cross pollination between audiences. Mm-hmm, um, you know, you know, my, my podcast, um, is, you know, a different style, but of course, same mission. And, and I really think it's great that we can work together and, and trying to share the, the journeys of maybe the lesser known people and, uh, hear something different than tool restoration, tool talk and mm-hmm. projects. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, buddy. It's it's and nothing but the best success to you and your podcast. And it's it's I love watching your stuff on your stories too. And if you're not following Justin on Instagram, which of course we will have in the uh, show notes, you should be following Justin on Instagram because his stories are a riot. So uh, I think we've covered most of them. But why don't you just give us one more time where everyone can find you and the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, you can find me at Garage Avenger, Garage Avenger, or how you guys say it in the state. <laughs> <laughs> and the Norwegians can't even do it either. They're like Garage Adventure, uh, <laughs> Avenger, Avenger, like like Iron Man and Thor. Yeah, right. <laughs> Captain America. Like, yeah. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. You can find me also on Facebook, but you know, as usual, I'm not really on there so much. Um, you find me on Twitter as well. Find me on TikTok, 
And you can find me on YouTube as well. You can check out all my films. The podcast is the Make Ideas Reality podcast. You can find it on all platforms. doesn't matter which uh, app you use to listen to podcasts. You can find it. You can also find it on my YouTube channel as well. I do video as well. Um, and you guys in a week or so will be able to see Vincent and Ethan on my show. Um, I'd love you guys to come check it out. I give them a bit of a roasting and um, <laughs> yeah i got a nice that's finish it. after that <laughs> it was yeah it was really it was really fun and like i said this has been one hell of a saturday afternoon yes for sure i don't i can't think of a whole lot of people i want to spend three hours with so you're you're ahead of the game justin way ahead of the game <laughs> <laughs> that's that will do it for this week again if you have entered the enlighten us challenge but you have not emailed us your entry again we are not going to disqualify you for not emailing it, but if we don't find it, I don't want drama. So make it easy for us. Podcast at becausewemake.com. Send us your entry. If you didn't do it already, do it. Do it quickly because we want to be able to consider it. And we're going to work out by the time we're on next time, we'll have details for how we're going to do the live stream for the uh, the award show. I think Ethan and I might actually show up in jacket and tie just to make <laughs> it look more official. I don't think I'm going to do that, Ethan. But maybe I'll wear, a, <laughs> maybe I'll wear like a suit t-shirt, like one of those tuxedo t-shirts. Oh, maybe I need to make like a leather like bow tie or something. Okay, if you're going to make a leather tie, a leather tie, I'll make a wooden tie, and we'll get dressed up, and we'll All do right, this the right good. way. <laughs> All right, very good. Thank you for listening, everybody. Again, keep the reviews coming. We do love those reviews. We do need those reviews. They do get us in front of more people. So, and you want us in front of more people. You want this to keep going, right? Right? You right. do, right? Please tell me you do. Okay. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. We will be back again next week, where we're going to start at least between Ethan and I, probably start deliberating your entries. It's yes. almost here. Have a good one, everybody. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>